Welcome to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. I'm Jocelyn Hardrick, founder and president of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc., the company behind this podcast and other great programs like Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program, which provides $2,000 cash scholarships to third-year law students and internships to second-year law students, along with leadership training and mentors. And Journey to Esquire, the blog, which provides insightful articles to help navigate you through law school and beyond. Find out more on our website, www.journeytoesquire.com. Hey, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, just like I'm doing now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today, we pass the mic to attorney Danielle Martin. Attorney Martin's a graduate of Stetson University College of Law. Attorney Martin currently serves as the assistant city attorney for the city of St. Petersburg, where she practices labor and employment law. In this episode, she will discuss the challenges of diversity that she has faced being an African-American woman in the workplace. Thank you for tuning in to Journey to Esquire, and we hope that you enjoy this episode. I'm Danielle Martin. I'm an assistant city attorney for the city of St. Petersburg. I practice labor and employment defense. My other practice areas include public records law and the Americans with Disabilities Act. Thank you so much, Danielle, for joining us today on Journey to Esquire, the podcast. So tell our guests why you decided to become a lawyer. So why I decided to become a lawyer um, is, as a kid, I was always fascinated with uh, a lot of these civil rights cases. Um, My dad and I traveled the country. Uh, We visited pretty much every African-American history museum. Um, and I loved learning about Brown versus Board of Education and other um, big civil rights cases. And I became a lawyer because I wanted to effectuate change similar to those cases. So that's how, um, ever since I was a little girl, why I wanted to become a lawyer. Very cool. So um, from when you were a little girl all the way to actually applying to law school, Um, because I had a similar story. I wanted to be a lawyer since I was about nine years old. And so, you know, I did everything I could to just always ask people, what should I be doing? They're like, get good grades, stay in school. So now we're at the application part of the process. You know, you have your, either you're in college or just graduated. Can you talk a little bit about how that worked for you? Yes. So for me, um, I went to the University of South Florida. Um, I completed my undergrad in three years. So I actually started applying to law school Um, in my second year of college, um, I didn't necessarily know, uh, everything that entailed of what I should be doing, but I think the biggest thing that really helped me was having a mentor and someone that could, uh, guide me. So I talked to, uh, other students that had applied to law school, as well as I went through a program called Blackstone. They were LSAT prep company, but they also um, helped with the application process uh, with your personal statement um, and also after law school as well. I think that 
program really helped me to learn um, how my application could become competitive. I know one of the another things that I did, I know I wanted to stay in the Tampa Bay area, so I actually visited Stetson, and I became very acquainted with the Dean of Admissions at Stetson, um, so that way I can really hone into what Stetson was looking for. Oh, nice. Can you tell me a little bit more about Blackstone? Because I've heard of that before, and I think I went to the website. So you're saying um, they helped you LSAT prep, and they have these other programs that walk you through the application process. Yes. So Mimi is a small-owned company um, owned by a husband and wife who are both attorneys. Um, They have an office near USF, and each semester they do LSAT prep. Uh, but Mimi also walks you through personal statements. She provides you examples as well as she's willing to look at your personal statement and provide edits. Um, oh, I was nice. with the program for about six months. Um, I, I studied for the LSAT six months as well as um, preparing my personal statement. Oh, nice. Good. Good to know. Because Journey to Esquire, as you know, we do. We work with third-year law students and second-year now. We do have some programs open to one else. But we also eventually want to reach out to um, college students looking to apply. So that's going to be a great resource. Thank you for telling us about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you got into law school, did you enjoy it? Was it with everything you want? You thought it was going to be? I did enjoy law school. I, w- I would say not the first year. Uh, the first year was very difficult for me um, in the fact that it's much different in structure-wise than undergrad. In undergrad, you know, you take a c- exams, you have uh, feedback throughout the semester, whereas law school is just one exam at the end. So that was a hard adjustment for me. Um, but once I think I got into my 2L and my 3L year, and I became, um, build relationships with different professors and I learned what classes I liked. Then I began to enjoy law school. Oh, nice. And uh, of course, you, I'm assuming you ultimately end up going to Stetson University College of Law. Yes. Okay, good. And um, so now you made it through the first year, which is tough for everyone for the same reasons that you said that I struggled with that too. Um, and you're like in your 3L year, thinking about what you want to do next, where you want to practice. Can you talk a little bit about your job search during and after law school? So during law school, um, there weren't as many opportunities for summer associate positions. The economy wasn't great. Um, So a lot of us had to apply to unpaid fellowships and or different different avenues uh, for job searches. I know for myself, um, while I was in law school, I applied to jobs, like at least one job every week. Uh, But I know it was very difficult when you're first coming out of law school because you have no experience. So the employer has to be able to or be willing to train you. I didn't necessarily have any success with that. Um, So after I graduated and I was studying for the bar exam, I reached out to one of our um, career development staff, and she actually told me about a program called um, Bridge to Practice. 
And it was a fellowship which places you with a government agency um, throughout the Tampa Bay area. And you actually receive a stipend. I want to say it was maybe around $1,500. And it was a three-month fellowship designed to, um, it's a postgraduate fellowship designed to get you skills and possibly a recommendation um, to a different employer. Um, I went in when I started my Bridge to Practice Fellowship with the city of St. Petersburg. I went in with no expectation of a job. Um, I worked really hard. And after the three-month fellowship, they decided to hire me as an assistant city attorney. And in the three months, I received my bar results. And and then later on, I, I became an assistant city attorney. And I've been here almost five years. Oh, nice. So you've had two local resources that really helped you out um, Mm -hmm. that I haven't heard of. And I've been here like over 10 years. So I'm so glad to hear about these two programs and share it with our listeners. And so um, so even though you had that particular track to get into the city of St. Petersburg, was did you at some point did you have a sense of what area of practice you wanted to get into? And how did you choose that? Yes. So I know I wanted to do labor and employment because while I was at Stetson, I did the in-house counsel internship and I was placed at my undergrad institution, the University of South Florida in their general counsel's office. And the two attorneys that I was assigned to primarily do work for, they did labor and employment. I really enjoyed um, shadowing them and working on assignments for them. Um, and, and getting to know how I could uh, get involved in the practice area. Uh, before that, I don't think I had a, a clear indication of what practice area I wanted to really uh, specialize in. Uh, but I will say after that internship, as well as taking the class employment di- discrimination, those the combination of the two is how I know I wanted to specialize in labor and employment law. Oh, nice. And a lot of people don't realize that state is a lot of um, government institutions have their own in-house labor and employment practices. So like USF as a state school, there's different cities because they employ so many people that they typically mm-hmm. have some people who do it in-house for smaller cases and then go out to the firms for larger ones. So mm-hmm. that's a good um, little tip for people who are interested because I was interested in labor and employment and I tried to get in everywhere. Um, but it didn't quite work out for me, but you know, things ultimately work out. So that's always a good tip. You know, you might not right. always be able to go right into what you want. And sometimes if the economy is bad or the situations or aren't um, opportunities aren't available, right. When you graduate, you just kind of have to stick with it and work your way into the area you want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of what advice would you have for new and future law students? Mm-hmm. My advice for new and future law students is to, number one, uh, be patient. Don't be discouraged. Um, A lot of people will tell you no. Um, It's not personal to you. Um, It just may be the nature of their firm or the employer. Um, They may not have the resources to hire someone directly out of law school, so don't take it personal. Uh, I will say be willing to uh, be flexible. Um, I know a lot of people did, don't necessarily practice in the area they want to practice in right away, um, but just be open. I started off doing workers' compensation. 
um, that the labor and employment attorney at the time would give me assignments. And so I made sure I did well. So when ultimately um, he left the city, I was able to step into that role. So it may not happen right away, but if you work hard and um, you always show initiative, you can get to where you want to be. Another advice tip I would say to watch your um, income to debt ratio. Uh, I was fortunate enough to attend Stetson on a full scholarship, but I know many people are have many student loans. And I, I'm seeing a lot of new attorneys coming out with uh, six figures in debt, um, maybe when they could have uh, minimized that debt in law school, um, not living like a lawyer in law school, I should say. Yes, yes. Uh, those are called the golden handcuffs when we um, get ourselves in so much debt and people end up taking jobs that pay well, but they don't like. Right. And they feel like they can't leave it because they have this huge debt they have to pay back. Um, and right. Thing. I went to a state school, but I still had several thousand in student loans. But I lived like a student while I was a student, and I continued to live like a student for five years so that I can pay it all back. Um, but this right. is great advice. Well, and you know, you, you have a great story. It's so fortunate of you to get a full scholarship. Um, and students need to realize those opportunities are available. And so they should really apply to more than one school because you never know, you might love one school and, and it might be convenient for you, but if another one gives you a full scholarship, that could end up balancing out. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, and you're a, a St. Pete native or a Tampa Bay native, it sounds like? I am a Tampa native. Tampa native, nice. And you've been able to get all these resources right here in Tampa Bay. And, yeah. Um, that's part of the reason why I started Journey Esquire because I'm like, Tampa has some great, um, you know, resources for law students and people interested in law. They have all these um, voluntary bar associations. They have great state institutions and private institutions right in their back door. But it can be overwhelming sometimes, you know, if you're not from here or even if you are trying to get access to all of them. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then of course, great people who are willing to help out like yourself. So thank you so much again for agreeing to do this podcast. You're listening to Journey to Esquire, the podcast, where we explore the best ways to promote diversity, create access, and feed the legal pipeline with talented students of all backgrounds. Here are some guidance from today's guest. Um, now we're going to move to the part of the podcast where we talk about um, diversity, because um, you know that's something that's very important to this organization and part of the point of this podcast to talk about diversity in the legal field. So what has your experience been, Danielle, with um, racial diversity, even though the Tampa Bay area has uh, a very good mix of people of different backgrounds from different countries, different races, different um, life experiences. Sometimes you get into the law and it looks a little different. So what was your experience when you first started practicing? Well, I will say when I start, first started practicing, I am fortunate enough that uh, my supervisor is another African-American female. But I will say oftentimes when I went to court, uh, when I attended depositions, I was always the only black female uh, in the room um, because I was so young as an assistant city attorney. I started off when I was 26 years old. Um, I was always considered 
or thought to be the court reporter, the assistant. Oh, are we waiting on the attorney? Mm-hmm. Um, I got those kinds of questions. So it was discouraging at first, but I know that what really helped me was to have other uh, women that I can talk to and that could share their experiences with me and to encourage me and to give me positive advice about how I can deal with um, different situations um, because the practice of law is not diverse and how do you um, confront different challenges. So I think that's that's really helped me. And I've be, tried to become that person for other students coming right out of law school that experience similar issues or, and how to navigate the practice of law. Nice. And then so you said there's this network of women. Can you tell me where you found this network of women? I know your, your supervisor is one. And I, I know you're involved in voluntary bar associations. So, so can you talk a little more about that? Yes. So um, I'm involved with the Fred G. Menace Bar Association. We are the African-American Bar Association in Pinellas County. Um, so that was a great resource for me. Um, I found black women lawyers that practice in my field. So there's a group of us that do practice labor and employment law. Uh, so I was able to reach out to them. I also sit on the standing committee for diversity and inclusion for the Florida Bar. So I have um, people that I was I was able to connect with on that committee. So just different aspects. Um, also in my church, I had uh, two or three attorneys that I can um, talk to as well. So just different uh, areas where I can um, really use different people as a resource. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a small world. The Tampa legal community is really small because we were chatting and we realized, you know, you knew my former boss really well. And I yes. had that a lot. Like, I'll talk to someone like, wait, I know so-and-so, and then it's a small world. So definitely have to not only reach out to that network because they'll connect you to a lot of people, but be careful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You know, we all make mistakes and fall short, but you definitely don't want to mistreat anyone or be mean or sloppy or just, uh, you know, you always have to be conscious of how you're presenting yourself, even if you're being casual. So um, do you have any last words that you want to offer to our listeners? Um, What I will say uh, to all of those that are interested in becoming an attorney, um, what is important to know is Ultimately, yes, you will have mentors and you'll have people that guide you, but you ultimately run your own race. And I think that's important to remember is that everybody runs their own race. You you don't necessarily have to do um, things the same way as someone else to get the same result. Um, just trust, you know, yourself, uh, what, you, what you learn, your goals in life, your community, your faith. What it, whatever it is that you believe in to guide you and just know that you don't have to be like anyone else. Nice. Thank you so much, Danielle Martin, for joining us on the Journey to Esquire podcast. You're so welcome. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to one of the law students in the Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program. 
Hello, my name is Abigail Dean, and I am a 2L at Stetson University College of Law. I wanted to become a lawyer because I knew that I would be good at the practice of law, and it also creates a space for me to help people. I am currently a Journey to Esquire intern, and so far my experience has been wonderful. I've gotten opportunity to meet a variety of lawyers, especially in the field of law that I want to practice in, which is criminal law. And so I've been able to expand my network through this program. I've also got to create friendships through students at other law schools um, at Cooley. And so my experience this has been really cool. We just passed the mic to attorney Danielle Martin. In her time with us, she left us with three key takeaways. Number one, she spoke about racial and gender diversity. Number two, she spoke about diversity resource committees. Number three, she encouraged viewers to run their own race. Journey to Esquire would like to thank Attorney Martin for taking the time out to join us on the podcast. We encourage our listeners to read the show notes attached to this episode for more information about the guest any organizations mentioned. I'd like to give a special thanks to all of our supporters, especially our JD level sponsors, U.S. District Courts, Middle District of Florida's Bench Bar Fund, and Agape Christian Bar Preparation Services, Inc. for their generous support. I'd also like to thank WMU Cooley Law School, Tampa Bay Campus, for providing a space for the recording of several of the episodes of this podcast. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of Journey to Esquire, the podcast. Support, share, subscribe. And for more, visit www.journeytoesquire.com.